everybody, welcome back. Kate, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thank you. What are you doing right now for your career? You're a nurse, right? I'm a registered nurse. I work on Manitoulin Island. I work considered acute care, which is like hospital setting. Mm -hmm. um, there's an emergency department as well as the like the inpatient unit or the floor, and I work between both units. It's basically a hallway and another hallway. It's not very big at all. Right. And our site also provides chemotherapy, but I don't do that. It's extra certifications that I'm not super interested in right now. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that is my only position as a nurse right now, but there are many other options. Have you ever thought about going into med school? I did actually. Initially, uh, when I was in high school and in like first and second year of university, um, nursing was a like basically a pathway to med school for mm -hmm. me. Um, but then between second and third year, I really got a true taste of what it takes to get into med school. Yeah. I was actually in a club called the Pre-Med Club. And it was med school people, big nerds, but I loved the people in that club. And it really taught me like how much work and how much like sacrifice and what it was really going to look like to go to med school. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought, you know, I, I don't know that I really want that. Right. I don't know that I want to continue and spend like eight more years in the university and like intense academia. Mm -hmm. I think I would rather work as a nurse for a few years and you know like maybe I come back to it and go right. back to med school later. There's nurse practitioner as an option. Um, but yeah, initially I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And it's not that I don't think I could do it. Right. I just don't think I would disagree with that. that like eight more years of like intense academia was going to be yeah. for me. I wanted to be like hands on. I don't like research. Out. No? I don't like, so there's, in nursing, there's a couple courses that are fully based in research and like how to do a proper qualitative or quantitative right. analysis. And that like sets you to, up to go to med school? No, it just sets you up to be uh, like a, a critical thinker when it comes to literature. Right. So there's tons and tons of research everywhere, right? And when you write papers, you base it all on the literature. Mm -hmm. So it was more to teach you how to critically analyze a piece of literature and deem it like effective yeah. and intelligent okay. and useful or like just a bunch of crap right so in order to do a master's you have to do a thesis yeah. i don't want to do a thesis i don't no. want to do research i want to work in the hospitals right. on a, like i really i don't come off this like anywhere else in my life but i'd be a, like adrenaline of the emergency department like yeah. i love the emergency department right. i love not knowing what's going to walk in the door I love being forced to react and adapt quickly yeah. and Keeps you, on your you don't get that in reading right. a, a critical analysis of like 15 papers combined into mm -hmm. one, like a meta-analysis, like you don't, it wasn't for me. Right. <laughs> so now having your master's in nursing then, mm -hmm. does that mean you're now, you can be a nurse practitioner? No. So there's a nurse practitioner program mm -hmm. that went through Laurentian. I believe you get your master's concurrently. But you don't oh, okay. do a thesis, but you can do a master's yeah. in nursing. 
Okay. But you can focus on like lots of different. So you can do like a master's with a focus on like wound care, or uh, okay. a master's with a focus on like occupational health. Right. Or like you can specialize a little bit more, and I think it goes into like what you do um, your thesis on as well. Yeah. Like I had a couple profs who were writing a thesis about um, like COPD and the anxiety short of breath continuum. Mm -hmm. So like it was always thought that they got short of breath, so then they got anxious, so yeah. then they got more short of breath, so then they got more anxious, but they, right. they think now it's that they get anxious and then they get short of breath. Yeah. So there's lots of, like, as simple as it is to say, like, oh, I'm a nurse, there are so many different things that you can right. do as a nurse. Like, there's, like, at the health unit, there's, you know, nurses that specialize in teaching women how to breastfeed. There's nurses that oh. specialize in clean injection sites and safe drug use. There's nurses that do chemotherapy. There's nurses that specifically focus on wound care and ostomies. Like, mm -hmm. there's occupational health nurses. There's, like, there's just tons and tons of different, and even within the different floors of the hospital, you know, yeah. like, if you're a cardiac nurse, you have a very honed, focused body of knowledge, whereas if you're, like, in Emerge, the expression I hear a lot is like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. You master know a little bit about everything, yeah. but you're not like specialized in right. everything. And then you have like the ICU nurses that are just like specialized in sick people. And they're, I like. It's like independent you're just care. You're good at what you do. Um, like intensive care. Intensive you're care. Usually, okay. You're usually Shit. not awake to be in there. So. No. <laughs> no. So what kind of things like people would be in the ICU? You're usually intubated, which means you have like a tube yep. breathing for you, which means you're also paralyzed. Like they give you a call, what's called a paralytic to keep yeah. you from fighting the tube, but it also means you can't breathe on your own. It paralyzes your diaphragm. Well, and so like geez. basically, if you are in like big catastrophic traumas, mm -hmm. um, if you don't go through surgery very well. You know, when you need some help coming out of surgery, and there's a cardiac ICU as well as a medicine ICU. Mm -hmm. um, it's lots of different things, and there's lots of different things that they may look physically fine, but you know, on paper in their lab work, right. they're an absolute disaster. So there's mm -hmm. lots of things that you can be in the ICU. Do you have a lot of people in the ICU right now on the island? We don't have an ICU. Oh, if okay. you are sick enough to be yeah. in an ICU, you are getting the hell off the island like yeah you're you don't have the resources what hospital like does Sudbury have one i'm sure Sudbury yeah. has probably like a 30 to 40 bed icu i would say yeah. we send a lot of people to Sudbury. Yeah. so like there's different tiers in terms of hospitals um so Sudbury is like a tier two i want to say trauma center right so anything that is so we're probably i don't know what we actually are but we're probably like a tier four like we're we don't have the resources to manage mm -hmm. catastrophic traumas like we can get you as stable as possible but then like you can't stay here right you, have, you, you get go to separate. and then you is that where a helicopter will come in you okay. either leave by by land or by orange air um yeah if orange is available if not you're in the back of an ambulance for two hours and we've sent intubated patients that way all the time you get a nurse and a doctor in the back with you and you have mm -hmm. some syringes of drugs and you just they just keep you alive get to separate. long enough to get they keep you stable. Stable, sorry. If you're intubated, yeah. you're generally stable. Yeah. <laughs> you're breathing on your own, so that, or you're being breathed for, so that's good. 
but that means you have to take the ventilator in the back yeah. of the ambulance. Oh, um, man. Transfers are the pain uh-huh. of my existence. Not because they're mm. awful, only because I get extremely motion sick. I vomit every time I go into transfer at work, so I kind of try so to avoid you them. ride in the back of an ambulance for two hours. And then two hours back. Keeping the patient stable. Yeah. If they don't leave you there. Sometimes you get stuck there. Like, we've had nurses yeah. in Sudbury for 24 hours before. Yeah. Uh, what are your shifts like? 24, 24? 12s. 12. We work 12s. I work part-time, so we don't have part-time lines or, like, a schedule part-time, right. so I work randomly nice. whenever. I really enjoy it. I like the flexibility. Sometimes mm. you just have, like, nine random days off that you didn't ask for, and nice. it's easy to... You know, travel. I can come back and see my parents quite often. Right. You know, I can go down south and see my family down there. You get time to, you know, do stuff around your house. Like, it's. I like the flexibility of, right. of part time. You right can now. be productive elsewhere outside mm-hmm. of your professional. Life. Mm-hmm. And lots of the girls that I know <laughs> that do work part time have another part time job as well. There's lots oh, cool. of people that work that commute into Espanola or you know, work home care mm-hmm. or do something else. Have you ever considered that? No, I will never do home care. <laughs> I will never. Why is that? <laughs> no. It is not for no? me. No, I don't. I like having the security of a building where I know where everything is, where I know right. what I have, where I know who I have. That's I have a physician. Point. I have coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know, you have everything in case something goes wrong. Right, Generally in home care, like they're not super sick while you're going into them. It's like a lot right. of wound care and like um, the on the island, the PSWs do a lot of the bathing. Like it would be, it would mm. be basic stuff. But right. I just I have no interest in going into other people's homes. Lots of people do it and love it. Um, right. Jack's mom did it for like ten years. Oh, nice. The difficult thing, specifically on the island, is that it is quite a large landmass with quite a small population. Uh, you do a lot of driving. Yeah. You put a lot of miles. I think Jack said his mom put like. 50 or 60,000 kilometers on her car in the first year that she did home care. Like, you do a lot of driving. And all of, yeah. So, it's just a different, it's just, like, they do, they do, like, uh, mileage. They pay you mileage and stuff. Oh, but, like, I I've hope heard, so. Jeez. I've, like, had, Imagine. you know, like, heard stories before of, like, so the island, basically <laughs> the two tips of the island are, like, Wemacong right. and Meldrum Bay. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at about, like, two hours to drive between them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've, heard of people that like had clients scheduled on the same day in both places like it's just you see three people unrealistic so i don't think they're they do that as bad anymore i think that was like back in the day but yeah i i don't really like driving Uh i have no i have personally have no interest in home care i might do like privately hired where Mm. it's just one person right and you're only going into like we're with that one specific person and it's more intensive care but I don't. You only know, six different patients. I have no interest in <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. a, like it's a great field. They're constantly looking for nurses. Like you could, I would venture to say, like you will never not find a job in home care. Like there's all, they're always hiring. Right. It's just not for me. Right. <laughs> cool. Since you prefer the adrenaline, that adrenaline rush and everything. <laughs> hope you know where it's going. What is some like what is the best trauma incident that you've seen in terms of best i mean like what is something that happened that somebody came in with an injury and it was just chaos chaos and it ended up just getting handled Mm. like sweet spot 
There's a gunshot wound one time. In the... What happened there? In the neck. Uh, that one was a long time ago. I'm trying to think of something more recent. We had a person... You know what you would be surprised happens more often than you would think it does? People get run over by their own cars. What? <laughs> so, I've been on mirrors for... Their own car? Like, what about two and a half years? Three, almost three years. I've seen it twice where people were doing stuff with their car and thought it was in park and then ended up behind it or beside it in some way mm. and end up getting like run over by Stress their own out. vehicle. What? <laughs> the last one I saw, he, <clears throat> he broke his femur and his pelvis. Because of his own like complacency? No, he Is just, just or? like, like, you know, you get moving fast and like he just thought the car was in park and then he like went to get out, realized it wasn't, and then his leg got hooked and he ended up falling and then it was parked on a bit of a slope so it just rolled on over him. But yeah, you would be surprised, oh, like, you would be surprised like the ways in which people can injure themselves because they some like often they're either yeah. just like mind-blowingly impossible and you're like there's no way that you didn't do yeah. worse damage or they're like incredibly stupidly simple like the amount of like fractured ankles that we see from people who are just like I stepped off a curb funny and I fell or like you know like or like I stepped on a rake and it popped up and broke my nose like I've actually seen that like cartoon style Dude. Yeah, like you would be, it's just funny, like the like very mundane ways yeah. that people can just get like, like the way that people break their hips, I always find it's like, it's never like big, traumatic, it's just like I was standing and my feet, like I went to take a step or something and I slipped and I fell and I broke my hip. Like they're very, very minor injuries for something like a hip fracture takes like weeks. Yeah. to recover from, especially the older that you get. And it's just like simple. I always, yeah, I'm always shocked that it's like, it's never this like big catastrophic car crash that right. breaks people's bones. We do see those and they suck. Yeah. But yeah, it's always like wow. silly little things that you don't think would be that bad and people, mm -hmm. you know, like break their wrist or break their ankle. Oh, or so what is like the best, like most intense moment you've experienced so far in the hospital? Mm -hmm. Most intense, I don't know. I guess I could say, like, without giving away, like, a lot of detail because of confidentiality and stuff, but I had to give very intense um, care to a friend. Like, um, no, not a friend. Like, it was a, it, when, it, when it's somebody that you potentially know, it becomes very difficult. Mm -hmm. to separate yourself and to be that like objective right. person <coughs> who like goes through and does their job like it, it gets very and where I work is a very small community mm -hmm. and so like while I might not know them personally like you know people that are like, connected to them like it was a yeah. friend of a friend kind of thing and it was like I had just I hadn't worked there very long mm -hmm. 
but it was a friend of a friend and I was just kind of like oh man you know like I know this person like I've seen this person outside of being a patient oh, and so it's hard. it gets very yeah like that gets it gets difficult to right. be able to like separate yourself whereas like in a big city how often is that like yeah really gonna happen? pretty rare in the smaller town it becomes almost inevitable you get to know people yeah. they come in regularly you get to know them as patients like it's unfortunate um but like it happens and i'm sure it even happens in big cities mm -hmm. where you know and it, in big cities you're able to remove yourself from that situation you know and say like hey no i'm I can't mm -hmm. be involved in this. Whereas, like, small city, in the smaller no city, you know, like, you have three nurses. Like, you can't, I can't just tap out. Right. Like, you have to be able to try and work through it. And, like, at that point, I really didn't know them, like, that well. But it was still, you knew, like, a yeah. surprise. I didn't expect to find myself in that situation mm -hmm. so early in. And I was just like, wow, like, this is... It, it becomes difficult when you, even when you like somewhat know them from previous mm -hmm. care, like it just, it gets a little bit right. more and more difficult. You have some form of relationship or connection with them. Yeah, like you right. just know, cause like really you can't, like I can't, if it was a family member, mm -hmm. I'm not allowed by no. like law to law. provide care to them. I would have no choice but to step away, but mm -hmm. he was not like, this, they weren't a family member, like really, mm -hmm. we weren't, like that acquainted but like it's just different the first time where you're just like well i know that person you know and he was like really not well he wasn't just like he, like coughing yeah you're like, just like oh man like i know mm -hmm. who that is or like right. i know that guy's <laughs> uncle or something like it just gets harder and harder to yeah it's hard to like remove yourself when you mm -hmm. like once you build that relationship with them even as a patient it gets difficult to see them do poorly right like you start to take stuff yeah and now you say you said something like a few minutes ago though about when you do see that person in the care it's tough to like remove yourself as somebody who knows them and put your game face on kind of yeah like especially in the emergency department right. where like you need to pay attention to what you're doing like you don't want to have you know, like a cloudy brain doing mm -hmm. important, you know, like, I don't want to say life-saving, but, yeah. but life-saving life things, saving. you know, when you're doing like drug calculations and making sure that you're giving them the right amount of drug that could easily kill them if you don't give it correctly. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to just, like, it's a different mindset being in like what's called a code or mm -hmm. like a trauma. Like there's tons and tons of algorithms and lots of stuff that's yeah. designed to make it easier to right. think clearly and concisely, but right. it does get, look, it's hectic. It's controlled. Mm -hmm. Like it's organized chaos. It's organized at chaos. Best. Okay. Like that's a good way to put it. And I've right. been in, like I did a placement in a bigger center mm -hmm. and it's, it's still the same, even with like way more resources. Yeah. There's always at some point a little bit of chaos. Little chaos. You know, because you just you don't know what's right. what's coming in or who or how or you never know. <laughs> right. So there's so after uh, we did the rescue at the pool where I used to work in Ottawa, right? Mm -hmm. Like our three four years, uh, four five sorry mm -hmm. three or four years back. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we had, uh, it was crazy time. We had, I think, the following Thursday. So it happened on Thursday, but a week removed um, at like 10 a.m. We had a meeting 
all of us who were present at the rescue with this psych like the psychology guy like the guy who's head of these kind of things mm-hmm. um and he was the head of like he was a supervisor for the ottawa paramedics mm-hmm. and he told us he's like man i've been through thousands like he gave a speech at the whole thing right the whole shebang and like pamphlets people who the call like techniques to be present so you're not like removed always and going what the fuck like what do i do mm-hmm. or something happens that reminds you of the incident and you go into freak mode mm-hmm. for the worst time and he said i've done probably thousands of like cpr rescues like stuff like that and i froze up when my daughter six months ago i think it was my three-year-old daughter was just coughing and she was mm-hmm. choking and i froze mm-hmm. and i was like it's hard what I mean, happened it, like so, it's funny your how point. your brain can immediately just like almost melt when it's like somebody truly close to yeah, you. Yeah, like, like this that's, person wasn't that close to me, it was fine. Right, it wasn't Like we worked daughter. through it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it becomes very, it becomes difficult to have your family see you as you and not right. as a nurse sometimes. And sometimes it's not like that at all. Like I don't, I don't find my family in any way or even really like a lot of my friends come to me and say like, oh, you're a nurse, what about like, can I ask about this random rash on my butt? Like, you'd be surprised it happens more than you think. Really? <laughs> yeah, but it's hard because you go through stuff with mm-hmm. your family. And I mean, like, a good example that I can give right now is, like, the fact that I'm a registered nurse, I think, has made it much easier for me to cope with and deal with my grandfather having, like, aggressive dementia. Oh. And I don't know. I find, for me, it's it's been a, I've been able to have that objective view of like, here's the reality of right. dementia, here's the reality of this, here's the reality of this. I know that, but there's a softer way to make sure that your family also knows it and to mm. manage expectations. So you're drawing that sure line well. That, like, I'm still, you know, like, I'm not afraid to be blunt with my grandma in the beginning and say, like, yeah. you know, eventually he's not going to know who you are and I need you to understand that. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with having, like, using like, that because I, I witness it. You know, like I see it right. all the time. And, and so you see, you find though, have you seen people where they aren't aware or they haven't come to that realization that oh, yeah. they won't remember? Everybody me. processes things right. differently. Like it is, like a lot of the times you see people in denial about a lot of different things. And the best thing that I've learned is that people cannot and will not change unless they want to. And so you can't mm-hmm. really force it. You can just give them the information that you have and the options and people can make their own decisions, but you can't force somebody into changing, you know, their eating habits because they're a diabetic or right. you can't force a chronic cardiac patient to quit smoking. Like he's a person and he's going to make his own choices. The best I can do is support you, mm-hmm. but say, you know, you and I both know smoking's not good for you. No. No. If you're going to choose to continue, that's your choice. But yeah. I just need to know that you understand the consequences okay, of right, right. continuing to smoke. Yeah. And if they say, yeah, then that's your choice, going. man. Right. Smoke your cigarette. What am I going to do? Right. You can bring a horse to water. You can't make a drink. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to force a nicotine patch on you because when you go home from the hospital, what are you going to do? Smoke start smoking again. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeez. it's learning that, like, while you want 
to help everybody and I think that's why a lot of people go into nursing because they want to help they want to make mm -hmm. a difference like sometimes making the difference is just being supportive and whatever mm -hmm. they're choosing and saying like I'm not judging you but I want you to understand these are consequences you know if you choose to continue smoking there's a good chance that you'll lose your leg because mm -hmm. of vascular issues or whatever and if they say okay I get that but I'm going to continue to smoke then it's like okay okay it's that's not your getting choice. too invested in telling them this. Yeah, like you can't, I'm not going to fight with you. Right. That's your choice. I maybe don't agree with it, but it's not my leg, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, fair. You can't get <laughs> too emotional about all that. Yeah. Do you find you have like a good on-off control switch with being emotional with certain things and not being emotional? Like where you're able to control your emotions a lot easier? Yeah, I like to think so. I mean, everybody has days where you just like yeah, not, can't help it, but yeah, get frustrated or, or upset or take something like truly to heart. Mm -hmm. But it's I often remind myself that when I meet you as one of my patients, chances mm -hmm. are you're not feeling well, you're not having the best day of your life, right. and you probably don't want to be there. So why would I expect you to be? happy, cheery, and yeah, polite with point. me when you feel like shit, you're in a lot of pain, and you just want to get better, and I'm the one who's supposed to, you know, help you with that. Like, right. you can't take, when people get upset, or not even, like, rude, like, cause some people are rude, and mm -hmm. it happens, but I find, like, one of the biggest things in nursing, and they do talk about it, like, they teach it in school, but it's hard to teach empathy right. and like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes mm -hmm. like imagine if I felt this way and I was here and this nurse came and asked me for the fourth time today when the last time I pooped was you know like I would get frustrated I would be annoyed yeah like it's just managing you know like it's not me it's the situation that they're in right. they're not mad at me I'm as a person for asking. like for the most part yeah. they're not mad at you as a person right. they're in a situation they don't like right they're not mad at you for asking they're mad that you have to ask exactly they're mad yeah. that it's the fourth time that they've been asked you know when was the last time you pooped yeah you still they're like that. i don't want to continue telling you this i just want to feel better yeah. you know like it's right. it's i find like the easiest way to like build a rapport with a patient is mm -hmm. to like stop and think like you know if i was in their shoes what would i want right now you know like if I was feeling this way and this was going on with me like what would I like what would I do how would I feel? right and you can link that to not just patients but people exactly like why they're having a shit day well if exactly. I was feeling exactly right. you know like a lot yeah, of the right. times when people like lash out or are rude like if you just stop and think like you know what's their life like you have no idea yeah like where do they come from who knows right you don't know what's going on <laughs> don't judge about it just work with like you know where you're at mm -hmm. and we do see a lot of um uh like drug addiction and alcoholism right. and that's not just on the island that's lots of places like everywhere has yeah, issues with that right now actually but like it's not for me to judge like why you choose to do that mm -hmm. or you know what you chose to do that it's for me to just get you through what you're here for and true if you're going to go home and continue to use, that's right. your choice. But, you know, here are some options if you don't want that life anymore. And I get that. I'll help you either way, basically. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, so that support person, no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's just providing them with the care that they need. And sometimes 
can only go so far. Mm-hmm. You can't place the nicotine patch on them. No, like you, you can't. You can guide them in the right direction. You know, like when you, if you have a patient, like that you find out, I don't know, like, I can't think of anything, like died of an overdose or yeah. like wound up getting that amputation. Like, you know, you kind of think about it like, yeah, that really sucks. But, you know, we did what, like I did what I could and mm-hmm. it's not expected of me to do any more than that. Nice. Like there's going above and beyond for your patient, and like it's, I find that it's more prevalent in like little things than I don't know. Like, yeah, you just you can't force people to change. Right. So with that being said, could you <laughs> give me like a quick summary of what the difference between regular standard first aid CPRC is for like the average person versus nursing first aid? kind of what the difference is and everything. Cause there was a time where I remember, and I remember pretty well, it was weird, where you would take your first aid mm-hmm. or you didn't have your first aid CPRC, but I remember you saying I sat in a class and knowing, it's like I know really way more than this, like way more in depth, yeah. but. Well, if you think so. about it, like anybody can do first aid, right? right. So two day course, two eight hour days. Anybody can learn the basics easy. of first aid. And the basics of first aid are this. Stabilize it and call 911, right? Right. If it's a wound, cover it, call 911. If it's a heart attack, do CPR, call 911, right? Like it's basic. Anybody can do BLS. Mm-hmm. Anybody, Basically, in theory, yeah. can be a nurse, but that's a four year degree. No, or even, not two, eight hours. Even oh, RPN. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's still a great program. They're still, they basically do the same as RNs. Um, it's just, there's like a, it's critical thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like learning about you know all these diseases, all these medications, all these pathologies, all these things, right. and being able to piece it together in a day and think like, oh, you know, my patient says they don't feel well, but I bet it's because you know they're on a blood pressure medication. I bet you their blood pressure is a little bit low. Maybe I'll check their blood pressure. You check it, you find out, oh shit, it's low. I'll go talk to the doctor. We'll deal with this. Like it's managing a human being. Right. right? And while Mm -hmm. critically thinking and trying to, you know, predict what your next steps might be, trying to, like, like watching for warning signs that things, like, might be going Mm -hmm. downhill or anything like that, and, like, knowing when, because, like, if you, I don't even think they teach you to count a pulse in CPR. They don't, but like a low pulse and a fast pulse are two very different things. And there's just more of like a background knowledge and a larger part of critical thinking. Like critical Mm -hmm. thinking is huge, huge, huge in Mm -hmm. nursing. And that's what they they try their best to teach it. But I don't know how you you teach it. They teach critical thinking. It's just piecing. It's looking at a bigger picture. Piecing more pieces together. Okay. So like. Okay, you're right. Just, oh, if you see a bandage, or right, you see break something, mobilize it. But it's like very mm-hmm. basic mm-hmm. versus like very Like realistically, bad. everybody should have first aid and CPR and be able to manage most of their first aid mm-hmm. issues at home. But that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. Like right. if you see a lot of people that go, you know, to the walk-in clinics or to emerge for stuff that they yeah. probably could have handled on their own, but just don't have the knowledge to do so. Right. So <laughs> with that being said, I have another, more of a fun question for you. Okay. Um, what is the best, in your opinion, medical TV show? Oh my God. 
that portrays properly. Because we've talked about this in the past, I know this, in terms of like Grey's Anatomy, it's Scrubs. It's not Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> 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 it's not Grey's Anatomy. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Alright. Let's I hear it. I don't know if you've ever met a surgeon, but A, they don't work that many in one area, and they sure as shit don't spend that much time with a patient. Like, I have seen episodes of Grey's Anatomy where, like, two of them are getting a patient up to walk them right. for the first time, let's say. To surgeons. They don't do that. No. That's nursing. That's physiotherapy. Like, there is absolutely no... The only nursing representation that yep. I remember in Grey's Anatomy is one of the nurses gives, like, three of the doctors an STD. Like, that's the only time that they really look at nurses. Ah. Like, <laughs> it's that's not funny. good. I don't watch very many medical TV shows anymore, mm -hmm. mostly because the inaccuracies, like, frustrate the shit out of me. Yeah. But also because I find it hard for me to, like, live that for 12 hours in a day. And then see it And then come home and watch a TV show about it. Like, the TV shows that I watch personally are pretty fucking stupid. But it's right. because they just make me laugh and they don't make me think and yeah you don't want to add more on no like i for me medical shows i don't really watch them anymore i did a lot when i was in right. high school which one did you like which do you think though so portrays? my favorite would be scrubs yeah i've actually answered Classic. like multiple choice questions on an exam because of an episode of scrubs that i watched one time <laughs> <laughs> like Scrubs, yes, was unrealistic. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Like there That's was like point. jokey humor and goofy stuff. Mm -hmm. but, like a lot of the dis like medical things that they spoke about, and a lot of the things that they dealt with yeah. too. Like there's an episode where they deal with death, and I think it was well, Portrayed. you know, they died. Yeah. They didn't save him, and that happens a lot. Right. And it's something that you have to come to terms with. And they they did have more of a nursing representation. Um, like a lot better. Mm -hmm. I mean, none of them are truly, truly accurate to like right. what it's like. Like <laughs> the other day at work, I had somebody physically poop in my hands, but I love my job. I had gloves on, but like, there's never going to be a medical TV show that shows you that that's what nursing is. Yeah, they're not gonna have a TV show where somebody shits in the person's hands. Exactly. Wow. You know, like, like you love and your job. That's like the that's first amazing. time that you. Wow. Like the millionth time you've brought them to the bathroom because they have like really bad diarrhea and they just poof everywhere. You know, like they, TV shows don't show that. But like, one pair of gloves or two, I'm gonna have six. But like, that's the realities go. of, like the realities of nursing is that it's unpredictable. And right. It's predictably unpredictable. But that's the best part. But yeah, 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 like there will never be. But like in terms of like medical information and stuff, I've like Scrubs was pretty good. Yeah. So you couldn't, though, switching to that, though, your last point, you couldn't predict a typical day. Like, your typical day is different from tomorrow's typical day. If I work Within four, reason. if I work four shifts in a row, three shifts in a row, and you have the same patients most of those days, you can probably predict your day. Right. I knew that lady was going to poop because I gave her a laxative, because she hadn't pooped in five days. Like, I predicted the poop, I just didn't predict that it was going to happen up in like your that. hands. Like, for the most uh, part, on the floor... Like in the inpatient right. where people are admitted, for the most part, right. you can you can have like, like we have days where I would be like, this is a typical day. Like it's this busy. happens before. So. You know, like you can't predict necessarily other people's actions, but you right. can basically predict the timeline. Okay. Whereas in a merge, like 
You can't predict anything. No. You have no idea. You can try, but <laughs> you just never know. So then, would you, what would you recommend to anyone right now who's either going, who's going through the nursing program, whether it be at Cambrian or Laurentian, what would you recommend to them? Based off all your knowledge that like you have just now. Just in and, general? Yep. Yeah. Or you can go specifics with placement and anything that you think would be beneficial for them to know. Mm. I guess one thing would be find a hobby. Like you can't let academia and nursing just and like take right. over so your entire life. So it's easy to be overwhelming? Yeah. Overwhelmed? Yeah. And it's very okay. easy. I don't know. I'm still learning how to let stuff go. But start working right. on that now if you're not good at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Don't be afraid to apply for a job that you think you want or like a place that you think you'd like. Like don't be mm -hmm. afraid to do like there's so many options in nursing. There's just so many options. Like, mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to like try one out and be like, oh wow, turns out this is not for me. Like mm -hmm. I know for me personally from a placement, I don't like labor and delivery. Right. That's not Sorry where think. I see myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know, years from now, like your opinions will change, but I don't know, don't, like if you wanna do public health or home care or anything, like don't let other people make you think that you're not a real nurse because you don't work in a hospital. Right. If you want to Pretty do that, advice. do it. If you want to work in the hospital, go for it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be afraid to take a job that you think sounds cool as shit if other people are like, you're not a real nurse if you work at the health unit. Because that's just not true. It's mm -hmm. just a different body of knowledge. It's just right. a different scope of practice. Right, you still have the same... You do all the same okay. stuff. You're the same thing. You're an RN at the end of your name. You still pay 300 bucks a year to keep those two letters at the end of your name. <laughs> but... Nice. Just be like, don't be afraid to go out there and work where you want to work or right. try to go where you want to work. Okay. So then with that being said, that takes the advice, all that advice takes somebody all the way through to the end of the year, they graduate, mm -hmm. but they need to become an RN, correct? In order to work in hospitals, yeah. work in home care. Right. Yeah. So getting that license, what's that process like? I know you have to write an exam, but is it mm -hmm. as easy as you call the place, sign up, register it and go? So, when I, it's the NCLEX now. Yeah. It was, they, it changed when I was in university. And CLEX? Yeah. yeah. I was the second goal of people that wrote the NCLEX. Nice. So it's still very new. It's computerized. Don't let that intimidate you. Mm -hmm. I wrote the NCLEX six months out of school after studying for two weeks. And you passed the first time. So nice, Kate. If you congratulations. Like, there's lots of different things to study. Basically, though, mm -hmm. the the outline is that Sudbury will have a writing twice a year, usually once in about February, for the people that finish in December, and then once again in about June. And that's they what you come took. to Sudbury. I wrote mine in year. November, in Toronto. Oh right. No, so no. if you don't okay. want to write in Sudbury, I would recommend don't put it off too long because it's not as bad as you think it is. Just get it over with. Right. I waited. I worked at the camp for another summer. Yeah. So I didn't write it before going to camp. No. And then I waited a good while afterwards. Um, and I totally forget about it and got all of them in my head, but everybody's good. Yeah, but you test pretty well though. <laughs> I do. 
Um, it is, it's all multiple choice. Some of them are like select all that apply. Okay. Some of them are um, like match these together right. things. There's no long answer or short answer. Like, there's no writing. It's all right. click. Boxes. It's like you need to know. There's no like well, part marks. No, yeah, no, it, yeah, and if, if you, you don't like know, the you... ones, yeah, the ones that are like match this, you yeah. have to get all of them right, or it's a zero. Like you don't get a point. Right. And question though, speaking of which, is that if you get a question wrong, that's an answer like that's minus? No, no. no. I, d I don't actually, to be honest, like truthfully know how they mark it. Right. Because it's just like I didn't get a grade. You just get a letter just that like, says hey, you passed. passed or you did well. And so, it there are up to. I think like 265 questions don't that might be different it might be more it might be a little bit less but it's around there it's, that you can potentially a lot. be asked okay the way that it works is it starts with easier questions and slowly and it increases the difficulty the more you continue to get right the harder the questions get if you continue to get them right you can finish the test in 75 questions okay basically if you finish in 75 you either did really well or you, or you did really bad okay like you either answered all the easy ones completely wrong or you did good right. i finished the test in 80 and i thought i bombed it oh <laughs> the got a ball in your head yeah and i was like alone in toronto like go with a friend if you're gonna go to toronto <laughs> so you just I went by yourself to my write dad brought me because he had, was doing him right. eating and okay, so nice. And well, then I ended up helpful. walking 45 minutes into another town to look for a Starbucks because I read a map wrong. It was ridiculous. I just like freaked out. It was just a stressful day. <laughs> lost yeah. it. And my dad oh had to come find me. I did it in an hour and a half as well. I was the first one done. Nice. That also made me panic. I was like, oh my God, I failed it. Like, I know I did. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. It's not fair. <laughs> right. Wow. But, um, so yeah, if you continue to... And then, so then if you get a hard question wrong, it kind of bumps back down to easy ones and starts to build up again. And so that's how you could continue on to 265. Right. Now, uh, I don't remember, if you answer all of the questions, there's a way that it determines like how you pass or fail. Right. But basically what it's doing is it's predicting the probability, like predicting your success based on how you answer the questions. That's how it cuts it off at 80. Like if you answer enough hard questions correctly right. by 75, it knows you'll pass, it stops you. It's like, okay, That's you, oh, okay, cool. So if it's, if it's it intense. can't predict you because you're getting, you know, like wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong, right, you just keep going. You just keep, going. You just keep getting questions right. up until the limit. Um, That's no joke. Yeah, it's wow. a very, like, it's a, a testing tested. procedure that you've never done before. Like, you you've won't never do it been again. tested like that in high yeah. school. You've never been tested like that in university. When I went to university, it came out when I was in third year, the change happened. Mm -hmm. So we started prepping for the different test only in right. the last two years. You know, people in school, at least now, have had that being taught in that, like, testing mindset for right. four years. So you're lucky that you're ahead of the game. Um, I think they've worked out some bugs. They update the test every two years. Mm -hmm. um, the first year that it came out, there was big difficulties with a lot of American questions. Um, so for instance, like the Americans have different names for the different, like the varying like RN, RPN, PSW. That's mm -hmm. not what they're called in the States. No. So you kind of have to learn those. And like, I had a friend in the first year that had a test question about biological warfare. And like, like in anthrax and stuff, they don't teach you that shit in Canada. <laughs> we never touched on that. So 
they I think they're the longer it's been out, they've updated it more. Right. And the first year that it was written, they had a really really hard time with French uh, speaking students because the oh, translation no. was just Wasn't not good. well done, or like things just didn't translate. Which like realistically going just translating directly from English to French sometimes there's like linguistics yeah. and expressions and stuff that are just lost mm -hmm. and it doesn't work that way. Sometimes. So I think that they've changed they've changed that. Right. But like if four years of nursing prepares you to take a multiple choice question like a multiple choice test. There's just a way I don't know. Like some people just can't do multiple choice and some people can. Yeah. And if you just prep yourself to do that multiple choice um, shout out to you world that's what I use to study it's an app okay it, you buy it for like three months six months or a year the I subscription bought I bought it for three months it tests it gives it's basically just practice tests you can choose from different topics so like psych or you know cardiac or whatever mm -hmm. or you can choose just generally um, but I found that it had really really good explanations and rationale as to why this answer was correct and why these answers are incorrect. Because so you understand. Oftentimes uh, cool. in nursing, all four answers to your multiple choice question are right. right. Oh. They are right. You have to pick the most right. Well, that's. It's a very so then the, in the like practice, so then in the practice test justifications for are each written that way. Yeah, and like that's I found, I learned a lot studying for the NCLEX, it was just stuff that I hadn't been exposed to yet. Right. And oh, it, there good. was lots of explanations as to like, you know, why this is the way it is. And I, like I found the world was really, really helpful. Right. Yeah. There's lots of other stuff that you can do. There's lots of like weekend, like intensive mm -hmm. things that are supposed to prepare you for them. I never did them. I had friends that did. I think it would be up to you personally. I didn't see the point in spending like 450 bucks to go to Toronto for a weekend to be told that this is how the test is going to be done right and that's like yeah it just didn't seem it just wasn't for me for you yeah but if that's like what you want sure and what you need prepare yourself like if right. that's how you feel you need to prepare yourself knock yourself out okay. but yeah it just right. it wasn't for me personally okay so then that's what you recommend when book it ahead of time or book it far enough in advance but not too far yeah don't wait like, too long i waited a long time and clock, like go U world the NCLEX. Even if you do like those intensive, I thought UWorld was super helpful. Right. Put it that UWorld, like all the t practice tests on UWorld, I never got higher than like a 60%, but it's because I was like learning as I went. Right. If that made sense. Like don't let it make mm -hmm. you think you're going to fail because you can't get them right. But right. the way that they ask questions, they also usually include like more than one system like they're pretty in-depth questions yeah so you're thinking about more at one time you're learning more oh, at one okay. time i found it just was like really helpful and yeah. i have a couple other friends um who that did used it well. and, like swore by it yeah, yeah. okay and with, so yeah because that made it seem like you almost did perfect on that's like, the you only did, way what, hour and a half not even i did like, it so questions. there's a so. 10 minute intro and i finished from beginning to end in an hour and a half so i basically did it i did 80 questions in an hour and 20 minutes so, and when you do it, you can't go back. So if you go to the next question, that's it. You never see that question again. So you have to answer them in succession. Like you can't skip them and come back to them. Like you have to answer that question. So you see the question once you have to figure it out. You can't go back or read them all first, not it? No, you read it. Sometimes there's like a little case scenario that you read or 
They said that there was going to be ones where you had to like listen to a heart rhythm or a lung sound and identify it. You which, didn't know that? No, I don't remember having that. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking that I failed because they didn't ask me to do any math questions. And I thought for sure they wouldn't give me a license if they didn't know that I could do basic drug math. But they will. They will. I'm good at math. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, that That's was hundred percent like that was the thing that I like convinced myself. I was like, they didn't ask mm -hmm. me any math questions. I must have got all the easy ones wrong. I know I bombed it. I know I bombed it. Right. Then you just you're flexing on everybody in the most humble way. Like, yeah, it was only an hour and twenty minutes. Not even an hour and a half. Just eighty but questions. But like some people, like, I don't find like I feel like it's not fair for me to give advice. Like, like right. I'm just I'm a person that right. tests like, well. You, you test well. I'm you're good at it. Yeah, like you read pretty well. So. so, like some people, if you have difficulties, like I know people fail it like four stuff, times. Yeah, like if you have difficulties, do whatever you can possibly do to make it easier for yourself. If that right. means getting a tutor, get a tutor. Get a tutor. Go to the like learning center. Cambrian has a really good one that I've mm -hmm. heard of. Um, you know, like if it if you need to do that weekend intensive just to make sure like, that you know what you're do doing, it. knock yourself out. Right. Like do what you need for you. Right, right. Don't you let other people be like, oh, it's not that hard. Like if you're worried about it, like don't worry too much. It's not as big of a deal as you think mm -hmm. it is. But don't let other people's like don't let what other people right. are capable. Right, of. you guys are different, right? Yeah, like work on it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like there is lots of other stuff like. Like, I in high school never took another art class past grade 9, and I never took another shop class. And it's because I knew I wasn't good at it, so why bother? Mm -hmm. Like, everybody has those things that right. that just doesn't, it's just not for them. Mm -hmm. So, that's fair. ignore other people. <laughs> ignore other people. That's a good lesson, though. That's a yeah. good thing for people to be more aware of and not concern themselves with what other people are doing. Yeah, like, don't worry how many questions other people did it in, like... You know, like, you pass your fail, don't worry that's the big deal. I did it in an hour and 20 minutes. Like, if it takes you four hours, it takes you four hours. But if you pass, that's it. all that matters. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter how anybody else did it. Right. You are doing it for you. Right. So do it how you're going to do it. Do it if you're a long test it, taker, yeah. take your time. They give you six hours, I think. Right. If you're not... Plenty of time, it seems like. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you do, do it in 100, you, Your way, don't worry about other people. Right. Just... That's a good way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. So now we'll switch to a little less <laughs> intense question. So when we were having coffee an hour ago, you mentioned you, your brain just has a bunch of useless facts. What are five like pretty cool ones that you think you'd want people to know? And we can come back to this if okay. you want to give it a chance like to Like medical about. facts or like just in facts Either. in general? Both. When I say when someone says facts, you're like, you have to give oh. me like a subject. I can't just. This is like pulling from a library. Oh, like fair. All right, psychology. Okay. Um, let me think of an interesting book that I've read. This is the other reason why there's lots of. I'm really, really right now into like nonfiction books mm -hmm. only, and I find that like since I haven't been in university and like forced to be reading and learning and you enjoy reading things more. every day i miss it mm -hmm. and i am reading more and more like right now nice. i'm reading a book by bill knight a science guy about yeah. evolution and creationism it's very interesting it's well written yeah. he re he writes like he teaches on yeah it's so good that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah um oh gosh yeah. 
psychology. I mean, there's like a lot to do with psychology. There's like lots of interesting different parts of your brain. They have done research studies that have found drug addicts, mm -hmm. IV drug users specifically. IV scare. If you do an MRI and inject them with a, with not a drug, mm -hmm. like it, just the act of the needle, like the tourniquet and the needle alone can elicit the same response in the brain as the actual drug. So, so that's actually a piece of it, like, like doing a, the drug that's and the actions and the steps that you take are like sometimes just as important to the addiction as the actual drug. Wow. Is that the placebo you think? Or is that it seems it like it might be, be but or it could just that be. Action I mean I can kind of understand response. it. Like I feel very, very peaceful when I make a cup of coffee in my French press. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, take my beans, grind them up in our grinder, put them in the French press, boil the water, pour it, you know, let it steep, push it down, like it's a process, right? right. And I appreciate every part of the process, not just the coffee. Yeah. A drug addict's brain appreciates every part of the process, not, not just, just the drug. drug. Oh, okay. That's pretty Which cool. Which I think is kind of neat. Right. It's like, be great, like appreciating the process. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, it's just drug users. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the in the uh, the needle itself is mm -hmm. sometimes just as addicting as the actual drug. Wow, mm -hmm. oh, that's which is like cool. kind of makes sense when you look at like mm -hmm. why they continue to escalate. And, right, like, don't go back to pills because mm -hmm. this is better and it feels better and it hits faster. Right, and lots of different stuff. What's a cool like in terms of psychology like? human interaction what's a cool like fact you know about human interaction psychology mm. it could be like the way women and men react it could be like to each other or, like interact with each other per se or it could be like the way i mean there's interact. lots of research on eye movement and what it gives away and that if you're working on like if you're lying about something Mm -hmm. Your eyes don't move in the same way as if you're telling the truth. Uh -huh. So I think what it is, this might be incorrect, so I haven't... Fact check it. Your eyes go up and to the right if you're recalling a memory, like if you're recalling something from right. the depths of your brain, but up uh, into okay. a different direction if you're lying. Whoa. Something like that. Whoa, that cool. I don't think I ever learned in school. I right. think but there's cool. lots of different, like very, like people have a lot of very subtle tells. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually reading a book right now, Malcolm Gladwell. Remember that one yeah. I lent you? Yeah, you let me. Outliers. Outliers, yeah. So he just wrote another one called Talking to Strangers, and oh, it's about cool. how, like, how on earth people can be deceived by strangers so like one of the examples is like there's a bunch of people that met Hitler that were like he's not hell-bent on destruction and like I think he does want peace like he fooled them basically and they met him like multiple times <coughs> and so it's kind of like looks at like how how are people like able to do that you know <laughs> wow it looks I just started it it looks yeah. very interesting but. you buy it today yeah, yeah okay Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has a podcast. Mm -hmm. Called yeah. Revisionist yeah. History. It's very good I like too. That one. 
my most like the recent one like because i haven't listened to it often yeah but the one that like i listened to pulling the goalie that's a good one i like that one i think that's probably my favorite album just so, like it's more relatable for me like mm-hmm. the hockey scenarios that he puts it through and then like other stuff and like why certain moments in history mm-hmm. like lead to mm-hmm. not repeat itself but there's another um book that i'm reading it's called uh the first one is called sapiens mm-hmm. and the second one is called Deus. Right. so sapiens was really interesting because it's like it's a little bit more of like an anthropology viewpoint um but the guy who wrote it is a, a phd in history uh but it just makes you think of like makes you realize that like throughout history and like evolution and mm-hmm. stuff like why things are the way they are today and like where they came from that you really have no idea so like one of my favorite little stories was like front lawns why do we have front lawns we as people in today's day and age have meticulous front lawns because rich white people in france decided that they were gonna show off their luxury and their wealth by having grass because it was hard to obtain Mm -hmm. it was hard to maintain because of like water and irrigation systems and all that stuff right but basically like wow yeah bougie people in france had front lawns and then it just like took off where like bigger buildings you know and they started making like front lawns in india like i think the taj mahal has a front lawn and probably all this stuff and then it slowly was like it started out as a symbol of wealth that's and now, cool. like, everybody is, ex- you know, it's, like, expected in society everybody that you have, like, a front- well-done front lawn. Who gives a shit about lawns? I'm not some rich asshole in France. Like, I don't care if I have a front lawn. But that's where it comes from, right? Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Sapiens was really good. Sapiens? Is, that's the name of the book? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's by a guy named... PhD in anthropology. So. Uh, Yuval, like, Y-U-V-A-L. Yeah. And then I think Harari is the last name. I'll type in Sapien. Yeah, you'll find it. He has like a series of three. So then Deus is more about like present day humanity. You read his first one? Yeah, Sapiens is the first one. Yeah. And so it looks at like the agricultural revolution, like how farming changed people from being like hunter gatherers to agricultural producers. Right. Um, The scientific revolution and uh, the industrial revolution has like mm-hmm. the three kind of cornerstones as to like the changing of humanity right. but yeah it's just neat to see like i was never really a history person and as i'm at i still don't think i am a history person but i think it's because i don't enjoy reading about uh the mm-hmm. wars in any way shape no. or form i have i don't not a fan of just no, the I war like psychology it. or anything no and so Why this was not quite focused on the war it was right. more just like the history I just in that can't, time. I hate having to fathom and understand that that, like, that, that happened and that that existed. Yeah, because like you can't understand it. And I don't think, I can't comprehend it. And I listen to like yeah. a lot of history, read a lot, because I like, that's just interesting to me, like World War One, mm-hmm. World War II, but. Mm-hmm. Like I find the history of religions very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, usually the war, I don't like too in depth about right. any of the the wars but that his writing style is very good yeah. it's like it's like in-depth stuff mm-hmm. but it's not it's readable right like it's not absurd okay sorry nice. um but yeah that was a really good one there's another fact in there about like why 
people like you know when you eat something sweet you mm. kind of like binge it you need a lot of it yeah it's because when we were hunter gatherers you didn't always come across like sweet berries or fruits or you didn't know when you were going to get it anymore so you just Ew. ate as much as you could and so now like your brain is like a little bit wired to think like oh, you're not have the sweet stuff anymore so i should eat lots of it Mm-hmm. Damn, that's cool. That's yeah, a cool fact. Neat. It was a very nice. good book. So then, speaking of which, I was going to ask you, what are, in your opinion, the five best or best books to read? Oh my god! Like, what books would you recommend, or what books have you gifted to people? Like, just in general, in general or like yeah. medical? Okay, in yeah. general. Yeah, we'll remove medical from Sapiens it. Sapiens is definitely yeah. one of them. Um, this is also also for me. Question. <laughs> Uh, well, you read some of those Malcolm Gladwell ones. Yeah. They're pretty good. I read Blink. I read um, mm-hmm. Outliers. Outliers. Re- Outliers was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Your ex- explanation of it, though, when you told me what it was about, and then what James told me what it was about, was pretty much the book. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's the same. It's, it's just a a, pretty like, like the same example. Different, like just different examples for the same yeah, theory, basically, same theory, right? Right. right. Um, it's like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and then hockey players. So yeah. Different yeah. examples, yeah. Yeah. Um, other books, what have I read very recently? <coughs> the problem is, is that I've been reading for a lot of Ever. years. The Alchemist is really good. Yeah. Paulo Coelho. Yeah. Very good, actually. I shared that book with the patient one time, and it was nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Harry Potter. <laughs> had knew that was gonna come up <laughs> duh what's your favorite of the series oh probably the seventh book yeah ties stuff all the way back into the first you need that okay it's just very complex okay and i appreciate that mm. like the books are far more complex than the movies all of the books are yeah I can imagine. but um but i liked the seventh like tied into stuff in like the first and mm-hmm. the second yeah. nice it, like it was like the like closure on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of like a fiction one that I've mm-hmm. read, but I haven't read a lot of fiction recently. I read one, I wouldn't say it was my favorite, but I read one by Neil deGrasse Tyson called Astrophysics for Normal People. It was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book called The Glass Castle that I read when I think I was in high school. It's also a true story. It's by a woman named Jeanette Wall. Um, it's basically the story of her childhood, but she just has this like wild childhood. Like an abusive dad, she and oh, mom, they move around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there's one that I'm almost done reading. It is called Surviving the North, maybe. It's by a woman named Sia Person. Sia Sunrise Person. That's her full name, and it's a young, a young girl that grows up. It's a true story. It's like her recount of her childhood. She doesn't go to school until she's like thirteen, um, but she grows up in the woods in California slash BC with like a couple pot smoking right grandparents. Like they live in teepees. She doesn't know what underwear are until right. she's like seven. It's really, really it's funny. It's funny, yeah. like very funnily written, but it's like wild to see like mm-hmm. her background. 
like you're a lot smarter than I am, so it makes it a lot like easier to just listen than it does to having to control the conversation. So I appreciate that. So that, now, that last book, yeah, you can get that at Romacos. Surviving the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them, I'm sure, are at chapters. All of them, I have. Realistic. Just get them at Kate's house. I can mail them to yeah. you. I might take you up on that because I'm trying to. I'm reading Satan. Oh, I said saving, so it's just one I was looking at. I was um, reading right now The Effective Executive, where it just talks about like getting the right things done and how to, like, if you have a lot of different things going on, how to focus on what and what to choose to focus on. Okay. And then, well, I'm like a couple chapters in, so that's about all that I've figured out about it. And then yeah. it's just a matter of applying and like different ways to apply to the different steps. Right, where it's basically like useful tool for the podcast, useful tool for like yeah. work, training, and for sure. getting the most out of what you're doing. Because nobody can just do one thing; mm-hmm. they have everyone has to do different things. Right? It's like hobbies, like passions, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I want to tie it. This way, I get the most out of what I'm learning and training in class. There, I get the most out of work. I get the most out of my podcast and people listening and watching. Yeah, for sure. Get the most out of it because I'm developing skills that help the show. Mm-hmm. No. <coughs> we met, what year was it? 2016, 15? 16 would make sense. I think it's it the first summer. First summer. 2017 is when I, no, we must have met in 2015. Yeah, one of the two. Not 2015, because sure. 2016 I graduated and then did the second summer. So right, so it's probably 2015 in summer. Still in school. Yes. So yeah. You were ripping down Tampa, and I was like, who's that? And then Julian's like, oh, it's the nurse, new wellness manager. <laughs> like, fuck that. Well, camp nurse, because you can't actually legally call no, yourself, right? I legally wasn't a nurse. No. Nope. Sure. License. So, for the entertainment of the people watching, and for my own personal, like, knowledge, mm-hmm. what was, like, what was your first impression, and what was it like working with me? We'll focus on first impression first, and I'll come back. Well, you were the first person that I met. Yes! That's right. When we got there. I about that. Right. I think you might have been with somebody else, but it, you were definitely the first person that I actually talked to. And I remember... The first I can't. I remember Ooh. talking about this in my interview the next year, about who had, like... Um, I don't think I've heard this, because he asked me the same, I don't think he might ask me a similar question. About like somebody, like, Like, who's helped you, something like that. like somebody about like, something about like who had affected you at camp. Yeah, that's what it was. I can't remember the wording, but I remember, I I remember I said it was you, and you were the first person that I met, and you were, you, you weren't the only person, but you were the first person that made me feel like a member of a family. Aww. And made me feel like that's exactly where I was. Promise wouldn't cry, Damn it! Yeah, you just nice. made me feel like so welcome, like almost instantly. Right. If there was no like, no you know how when you that. first meet people, like there's that awkward period, yeah. like that was non-existent. It was just like effortlessly friends. Like welcome, welcome to the team. Let's yeah. be buddies. Effortless, yeah. like you belong here. Mm-hmm. Don't question it. Like yeah. nobody's gonna question. Like this is where. You're, this is you. It's just I, a matter of just displaying like, it. Like, really, really appreciated yeah. that. I'm glad. And it was nice in the second year to have you consider we have, like, an entirely new right. staff team. Yeah. From first to second. Still For me, there. my first and second. Right. Like, we right. had different 
assistant directors, different kitchen people, different counselors. Yeah, there's a lot like of people, everything but everything was different the second year except for like you, me, like and you Julian myself, and, and like Steven. a couple other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of yeah. I think that helped a lot for probably you for that transition. Whereas, mm -hmm. yeah, I liked it. That was good. I don't know how I did that or what kind of took place. <laughs> I think it's or just who it you just, are. That's fair. You're just an easy, like I personally find that I take a long time to like open up right. to new people and some people are just, can talk to anybody yeah. about anything. I feel I think like you're like that. I like to believe so. Like I've had, I think it was Michaela tell me, who was on the show a few episodes ago, was like, <laughs> I'm probably like one of the easiest people she knows to talk to mm -hmm. just and it's not even a matter of like we're really good friends or we mm -hmm. go way back it's like just and I think easy to talk like, to. like and I think so. that like you know how camp like accelerates your personality like relationships Absolutely. like you just get to know people really quickly like right. I think even if like even if it wasn't at camp and we met somewhere else, you would have been like just as talkative and just as welcoming. Yeah. Like it wouldn't yeah, have been, true. it like camp didn't make a difference in that. Right, the environment didn't change as people. No, right? yeah. Like and, that's just yeah. who you are. Right. And you're pretty open to about, like you weren't closed off to meeting new people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you weren't just, no, I'm just going to go do my job. I know, um, which like I normally am, and I had to try really hard initially right. not to do that. <coughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, because I was like, you've never worked in camp before. This would be. No, I have never like, even Julie attended. That. I never went to an overnight right. summer camp as a kid. I so this was like a day camp. Super different. Yeah, like I did girl nice. guides as a kid, but mm -hmm. it's not the same. No, mm, I think even yeah. now every camp is still not the same as no. what we all went through. No, and I think it would be different working at any other camp. Not just like resources and stuff. I just think all camps are completely different. Just it's all about like it's like this like the staffing relationships. I like, mm -hmm. really and like your campers too that right. really make a difference. But what are so I know we weren't to talk about this a lot, but I want to cover one couple things. What are some like lessons you learned or things that you learned there that you don't feel you could have learned? Mm. Other, in other places or doing your average job because I know mm. there's definitely things that I've I learned how that, to so. be resourceful like work with what you have which I do find comes into play at my <coughs> current job because we are so small we don't have as many resources as, like, as the big hospitals so like in Sudbury if somebody needs to be you know intubated and put mm -hmm. on a ventilator there's a respiratory therapist who is like a trained dude and that's what they do they intubate people they monitor people's airways like that's right. their job I have to become familiar with that machine because you don't really have a choice we don't have that you person. Have a specialist right yeah like we don't have okay. that so you get to know like like it kind of pushes you to learn a little bit more about a lot of stuff. Right. And I think I got like the first experience of that would have been at camp, like force, not forcing, but like pushing you to go a little bit out of your comfort, comfort zone. zone. Right. Okay. Um, Good cool. I don't know, another lesson. What is your favorite? Like, don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. Like I thought that I had already learned that lesson earlier in my mm -hmm. life, but I regressed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. I feel we all do with that. Because I've read that a lot of places. You're like, oh, don't say yes to everything. Yeah. Like you, you can't spread yourself that thin. It's just not possible. You can't do everything, so don't try. Don't try. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. All right. 
What is your, we'll end it on this, what is your all-time favorite camp memory? You could pick one. It could be a moment, it could be like a conversation you have with somebody, it could be like a day, it could be like the span of, or it could just be one chunk. And while you're thinking of that, I'm gonna hit, hit this. I don't think that I can pick a specific like day or event. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I can pick a specific day or event, partially because like the more that I think about them, the more like hilarious things mm-hmm. will come back and I'll remember them. And but I think the fact that there are still people that I met like only in that environment mm. that I am still like very close with and still right. like treasure as people I think it's like I think it's awesome because if I never worked at camp I never would have met you or like Tal or Bonnie yeah, I Bonnie. never would have met those people and I still like get to have them yeah in my life even if it's like a small piece here and there mm-hmm. like you're still we right, still yeah. get to like maintain, yeah. like we still talk and we still see each other. Like I see, like no time is no time has passed. Yeah, it's like nothing changed. You know, it's been like almost what since April was the last time I said it. Mm-hmm. April fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like nothing's changed. Nothing. It's nice. Yeah, it's really like you get those people, like yeah, those core people. Settling. Yeah. Yeah, it's this way. Like, there's no like awkward, like because I find with people who are like that, who they spend a certain amount of time apart and then they reconnect and it's like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, like I have no. like two like or three like close close girlfriends from high school where mm-hmm. like when we see each other we can go like literally six months without oh. seeing each other and then you get back and it's like nothing has changed right. like i'm gonna be in one of their weddings yeah, and, like nice. we, we don't Sweet. see each other as often as we used to but it doesn't mm-hmm. like nothing's changed and i find like we we get to have that kind of friendship mm-hmm. and i appreciate that and like yeah. with some like lots still quite a few people yeah there. so yeah it's a nice really like you that. Made. right yeah. so to end off the show, do you have one, like, what's your favorite quote of all time? I don't think I could come up with one. What is one that you feel best applies to you? <laughs> oh, God. I'm not making this easy. Um, <coughs> like a quote that best applies to me. Or that you would like the most, something like that. Oh. One that comes to mind that you refer to often. Like too, too, too many. There's a poem by Emily Dickinson that's really nice. Did you recite that poem? No, but I could if I looked it up really quick. I think it very much applies to um, nursing more, yeah. like more so than it applies to like me wholeheartedly as a person. Okay. Me wholeheartedly as a person, the best quote I could come up with would just be like, "Fuck." <laughs> 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 Just picture different scenarios. I use it a lot. You can use it as a verb, as an adjective, as a noun. You can use it every single way you want. Like it's just a great word. <laughs> um, Fuck. That's funny. Yeah. Let me see if I can find this poem. I'm yeah. sorry if I can't. I don't remember the name of it either. You said Emily Dickens? Yeah. Nice. Dickinson. Dickinson. Mm. Here it is. Yeah. 
If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching, or cool one pain, or help one fainting robin into his nest again, I shall not live in vain. Nice. And that applies to your nursing career? Nursing. More so like nursing. kind of why I went into nice. the career that I went into. Right. That's good though. Like that. Kate, I appreciate your time so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a blast. I had lots of fun. Thank awesome. you. I'm glad. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, hitting like, subscribing, following, all that good stuff. I hope you learned something. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Do it up.